Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Thanks for tuning in once more for your end of week cherry on top of your five day Sunday. A little something that we like to call Friday Night Podcast here on Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge, joined as always by my bear buddy Borok. And boy, do we have a show for you, a very special guest joining us for our week's draft. But before we get to that, a few bits of housekeeping as always. This podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, B-L-E-A-V, wherever you download your audio goodness to keep those midday audio blues away. And as always, this show is brought to you because of all of you. Thank you for giving us the best gift you could ever give anyone, and that is your time. And if you could find us on those socials, that's Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey, Instagram, Corey Damone Enriquez, or you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Put that directly into the URL. Help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, we're keeping this intro short because I don't want to waste any time. We have an amazing content creator joining us for this week's Friday Night Podcast. So without any further ado, let's go back to the feature table. So Arjuna, you see the menu there. Do Does anything kind of strike your fancy? I think we can order for you. Uh, let's see. I think I'm in the mood for like a, an elderberry cordial. That sounds like up my alley. You know what? We we got a little Eldrazi twist on that too. Borok, you know, can you go out to the Planet Attorneys for a second, grab a little uh, Eldrazi spice for it? <laughs> he, he says he can like find something for you. W- would that be a, a good taste for you? You know, if, if it's if it's good enough for the uh, Elder Horrors of Eternity, it's good enough for me. So let's go with that. <laughs> well, the Elder Horrors certainly have a particular taste and I have to say, I am so excited to have your taste joining us here in the podcast. All my lucky lounge rats, uh, we're we're blessed, we're we're privileged to have another amazing podcaster joining us here from the Arena Craft Podcast. Uh, Arjuna, welcome to the Unlucky Lounge. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So before we jump into our Friday night podcast, I would love for you to take a second to introduce yourselves to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats out there. Well, uh, well I'll hope to make it a little luckier today. Um, hello, everyone. I'm Arjuna. I am with the Arena Craft podcast. The tagline is a show dedicated exclusively to Magic the Gathering Arena. I do that every week with my co-host, Kovac Go Blue. You may have heard of him. And um, we focus a lot on standard on the show, but not exclusively. We go into historic and try to cover the news in general in Arena. And sometimes if I can convince him to let me talk about Limited, I do that as well, because I am actually a huge <laughs> lover of Draft and Limited. So uh, yeah, that's, that's the show. That's me. Um, I don't know, do you, want a, do you want a little bit of my background in Magic? You know, uh, yeah, tell us, where did you first discover the game? Like, what what caused you to go from this just being, say, a random afternoon hobby to something that you wanted to create content for and dig a little deeper, pardon the Disney song reference? 
Um, I, I'm not well versed with Disney, so I'll just I'll let that one ride. But um, yeah, so I started playing Magic way, way, way back. Um, I came in with the release of Fallen Empires, so Ooh, I think that was probably wow. 1994. I started playing the game. I was a wee lad. I was I was in uh, elementary school, and yeah, started playing the game. I uh, bought a little impromptu starter deck that a friend of mine had put together for like four bucks or something. And I just loved it, man. I just loved the game. I'd, I'd been, you know, at the time, there was a big like uh, X-Men cards were a thing. I don't know if uh, any of our listeners were into that, but like there was the Flare Ultra series, like 93. I got super, super into those. So I was already in the habit of collecting cards. So, you know, the jump to magic wasn't a big, like, cognitive shift for me, but there was a game attached, and I really liked that. Yeah, I, I actually remember those cards, too. You, first off, you got me on magic by a clear decade. I started in Scourge, so I'm going <laughs> to give you a point for that. Uh, well, are you talking about the versus card game? Because that was the game that I really dug into that got me into a lot of the comic lore, like DC and Marvel. Is that the same one you're talking about with X-Men? Mm -hmm. No, I actually, I never played any, like, games related to it, but they had these trading cards. They're, like, X-Men trading cards. They were coming out in, like, 92, 93, probably after that as well. Um, but they were just, like, the little cards, you know, which had, like, had the picture on the front, and then on the back it probably had, like, some stats and some history about the players. And uh, I was really <laughs> into that, so, you know, that kind of captivated me. So Magic was, you know, in a way it was kind of similar. Um, but so I started playing the game and I played up until um, the, release of, the release of Visions. It was like in the Mirage block. Yeah, that was a sweet set. Um, but basically after that, I moved back to England and uh, no one I knew in England played Magic and I just kind of forgot about it. Um, picked it up here and there, you know, in high school and kind of in my 20s. If I ran into someone who played Magic, I might jam a game or something, but really mostly was not into it. Um, and then, I, I would say like probably about five years ago, I just, it kind of came back into my mind like, oh, magic's this cool thing. Maybe I'd like to get back into it. And uh, I started asking around friends of mine and it was like the first friend of mine I randomly asked was like, oh my God, I'm so into magic. Let's play some magic. And then it was just, it kind of came together from there. One of my coworkers played magic. There was another friend of a friend who I already knew who was really into magic. So we got together and just had like little Tuesday night magic. And uh, I was just hooked. I was hooked from there. So it was just it, kind of me making a podcast about magic was inevitable, I think. Arjuna, I, I love that you brought that out because to me, and this is kind of where my creation of this podcast came from, even though we have the digital age of magic, the Renaissance arena, Moto, obviously with COVID raging around, that it's very easy for us to get into the game virtually but truthfully that's that movement movement of going to england finding a community and community motivates us digging deeper into this game you're truly showing that the one of the more important things about magic is in fact the gathering aspect of it so i really adore that you put that out there yeah man i mean i i love it you know i just i love one of my favorite things to do is probably just drafting with friends you know like when you have a table full of of people and you look around and they're all your friends and you're jamming a draft and you know giving each other crap and making side comments and stuff it's it's one of my favorite things i get you i i miss 
Every Tuesday, I remember this, we had a house draft. We'd set it up in the small little apartment on plastic tables. We'd find six people. We would team draft every Tuesday. It was like routine. And when you get to those like reoccurring characters at your table coming back and back, you know exactly what their tendencies are, what you lean to. That creates narratives and it's just so much fun. I, I feel you, man. And I, I miss that dearly. And you know, it, it is one of the better things. It's just getting that, that table full of people, cracking some packs, which is one of my favorite things in the world and kind of going with that element of jazz, you know? That's it, baby. Jazz hands. We'll, jazz. we'll get back that someday. <laughs> I, I'm sure we will. And, you know, after all that talk about X-Men, it really makes me kind of sad that we're not drafting Ikoria with the mutate mechanic. But you know what? I think we're <laughs> going to make do with a pretty sweet Zendikar Rising draft. You ready to jump in? Let's do it. Uh, but before we get the first pick underway, we have a tradition here, Arjuna. Uh, it's having a little untapped step. So whether it be a coffee, a water, something else, uh, I say let's have ourselves a cheers to a good draft. What do you say, Arjuna? Cheers. Cheers to you and cheers to all of our unlucky lounge rats. So uh, pick one, <laughs> pack one. Uh, the, we, there's some like decent uncommons here. I, I like a Marriott Captain. I've never actually done uh, a really dedicated Skyclave GOP deck yet, uh, but I feel like just looking at this pack, there, those two seem to be the best cards. There's uh, Tazim Royal Mage. I like Ghastly Gloom Hunter and how it really acts as a card that can vault us off into multiple different decks. Can't forget about the Relic File either, but Arjuna, what kind of stands out to you in this pack? Yeah, Ameria Captain's probably the, the most powerful card here. Um, Relic File's good, but I don't usually take it if I'm not already in Clerics. Um, to be honest, I really like Expedition Diviner. That card's just been very, very solid for me. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I think uh, either of those would be good for me. And of course, the Royal Mage is good too. Blue's just really deep in this format. I tend to agree, and it's got a couple of very solid decks, whether it be red, blue, oh, wizards, or some kind of like, you know, any anything really blue, like, like green, blue is my favorite. I, I really do like it, but let's go with the Ameri Captain. I do like uh, some solid party payoffs when I can, especially with a flying potential Sarah Angel. Uh, Wow. Arjuna, we should, there's some gas here. <laughs> like Holy hand grenade, dude. So we've, we've been past an ancient green warden. You know, I haven't played with this card in draft, but I imagine it's actually a fairly strong card if you're able to build around it. Um, so I don't know how brave we're feeling, but if this were my draft, I would totally snap that up. I have I have played with it before. It You need to do some work to make it better than just a 5-7 reach for 6, which was a little disappointing when I played it. Uh, to me, this kind of boils down to either Royal Eruption or Marasa Sproutling. But if you yeah. want to jam some Green Warden and just try something fun, I'm down for it. It's Friday Night Podcast, after all. Let's do it, man. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. You know, the, it's not always about making the best picks. It's sometimes about making the most fun pick. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. It's like in draft, I don't know, you get a lot of commons, right? But you rarely get a mythic. And if you get a super powerful mythic, sometimes you can just go off and do some sweet stuff. Um, so it's all true. Right, well. this, and this card is, <laughs> is particularly like defining. Uh, like it just it just does something that nothing else can do. But yeah, and we, we're we're getting to uh, some some solid cards here. Uh, we've got the MDFC, the Vastwood Fortification. There's a uh, sorcerer three three four four. There's a Rune Crab. Like, what do you think? Like, I, we could Rune Crab here. It works well with the Green Warden. 
It's true. We could just kind of go spicy, maybe try to do a green blue thing. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of down for anything, but you tell me, what are you feeling? You know, let, let's pick the crab. Let's take the crab and, and see where we go from there. You know, yeah, we can I, always we can always settle into a more boring deck in a, in a few picks if uh, if this isn't coming together. You know, I'm down. In general, what? How do you feel about Rune Crab in this format? Some people think it's the best uncommon. It's a mythic uncommon. I tend to more think Roost of Drakes is, but you know, a yes. turn one Rune Crab is pretty hard to beat. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, yeah, I, I you know, Ruin Crab is. I think it's not like the the god card that some people think it is but yeah man it's a strong card it wins games um it can be pretty terrifying if you manage to get two of them you can go off um i like this next pick you've made here with into the royal i think that's pretty solid uncontroversial pick here that i would make myself great follow-up works well with the rune crab and i i tend to just and back to the point about rune crab i tend to ignore it until my opponent starts to make it a little bit better or I can see they're going to yeah. recur it or something that I can just like swing around it and I'm not too afraid. But yeah, let's go with an inch of the Royal and feel pretty good about it. Huh. All right. This pack's a little bit of a dud. Um, it's less exciting. It's less exciting, but there, <laughs> there, there's some curve fillers. I mean, Reclaim the Waste is fine. If we want to try to green, blue, it helps out with landfall. Maybe we can splash around for some colors and removal. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a Skyclave mm -hmm. Squid, which has impressed me over time. It's a great blocker and it, it basically swings as a 3-2 most of the time you need it to. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine filler. I'm also, you know, okay with Turn Timber Aesthetic. That card's been totally fine filler card for me as well. I do so like one I, Turn Timber Aesthetic per green deck most of the time. Yeah, I, I'd be down with any of those, to be honest. Squid, Reclaim, Aesthetic. Let's go with the Aesthetic. Uh, I like you throwing it out there. And honestly, I've seen all of those cards table before. Uh, this pack is filled with a bunch of white stuff. And I mean, we still have an America captain, but it's looking less and less likely we're going to play the card. But there is an anti-cognition. Arjuna, how do you feel about that card? That card's really been moving around for me in my estimation. I think it depends on the deck you put it in. Um, it's I don't I think it's rarely going to be terrible, um, you know, because counter spells, counter a creature for two mana. You can usually figure out a place to play that in draft, uh, especially if you're doing things like leaving up into the Royal. So I think that that's a, that's a fine pick here. Yeah, it's either that or a Mita Marasa, and this is definitely not a Mita Marasa type deck. We're not tapping no, sideways no. most of the time and putting pressure on. No, we, we've seen some decent white cards, but just nothing that would actually make us really excited to to go back into white. Um, Gnarled Colony I'm, is pretty sweet here. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about this pick. I, I see Gnarled Colony, which to me is the best green common. I, it's either that or yeah. Rabbit Bite, but I feel very good about Gnarled Colony. However, there's a Territorial Scythe Cat, and we are playing an Ancient Green Warden, Warden, and it does double trigger on a landfall. That's true. That's that's a good point. Um, you know, I, either one is defensible. <laughs> I think I mean, I think we're, we're I, just going to take the Gnarled Colony. Gnarled yeah. is a higher upside pick for sure. We'll, we'll get plays, another cat if we want one. It plays too well as a modal spell, you know? Uh, yeah, pick eight, pack one, we got a Cleric of Chill Depths. Not much of anything up, but a bunch of red and white cards. Uh, but Arjuna, while we're kind of just queuing up the next pick here, I, I would love to know, what's your favorite part about draft? Is it like the actual draft? Is it the play portion? Is it tabling something sweet? Like what, give, what gives you the most satisfaction? Yeah, the actual draft is definitely my favorite part of it. I think you can tell most like truly 
kind of in the blood drafters because they just really love the draft portion and can kind of take or leave the game portion. <laughs> it's not that I don't love playing some magic, but I don't know, drafting is just a uniquely exciting experience for me. Arjuna, I feel you because I'll draft a deck and then I'll walk away with it and I'll still feel like I got my full money's worth. I'm like, you know what? I can just judge this deck as an 8 out of 10 and then be fine. <laughs> just move on, right? Just just move on to the next draft. <laughs> All right, uh, picking up a Kazandu Nectar Pot. I, I try not to start this card if I can, but, you know, it's a, it's a card. It is, and it's also uh, the spoiler from a friend of the show, Zubex. Uh, it was her preview card and she went out did you see her uh preview this card arjuna i i did not however that's cool you know zvex you know his okay you know an interesting thing about me and zvex go on we live in the same town and the store that she that that uh i, I don't know if she co-owns it with her husband or if her husband owns it um but that's my lgs so no i actually Yep, so I, I I saw the two of them on a regular basis before COVID hit. Yeah, she uh, she joined us uh, on the show for a, a pretty sweet episode with uh, Galia. And uh, yeah, she's she's an absolute gem. Uh, and if you get a chance to go look at her uh, her TikTok, her preview for this card, she cosplayed as Kadanzu Nectarpot. And Kadanzu <laughs> Nectarpot is no, this isn't like, you know, a human character. This is an insect and... It is a sight to behold. If you haven't seen it or any of our listeners haven't seen it, go and check it out. Zvex is amazingly funny to watch. That's awesome, dude. All right. Oh, so, snap. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome to Pack 2, everyone, where we're going to go back to the tension of discipline pick versus fun pick. This is, <laughs> it's a pack, it's got a bunch of stuff. I think the best Discipline pick for us is a Vine Gecko, which is a great Definitely card. Vine Gecko, How, yeah. However, there's a Mythic in Lithoform Engine in this Okay, pack. so I actually do like Lithoform Engine. I actually think that it can be a bomb in draft. The thing is, in order to get value out of it, you need to have the right deck. And I don't know that we have that deck. You need to play a lot of cheap stuff. Um, or, you know, ramp and create an incredible amount of mana. In theory, we might be doing that with our deck. So, um, I, you know, I'll leave this one up to you. I hedged on the Warden, but I'll let you make make the the responsible or the fun pick here. I'm going to be a little responsible. I've done a Lithoform Engine deck before to a little bit of, I wouldn't say disappointment. I just wasn't as excited as other people. Uh, it, it does require a lot of mana, and we don't yet have, say, like a Roiling Regrowth or a Tangled Florahedron to support it. So I think trying yeah. to make that card work is going to take more effort than just making a Vine Gecko work at the moment. Yep. And a good follow-up here with Bubble Snare, I would say. Yeah. I mean, this is one where I'm just going to put a little star on my lapel for taking the Vine Gecko last because I feel real good about this Bubble Snare. Uh, I mean, besides, besides that, there's a Iridescent Horn Beetle. Sadly, a card that has not excited me, even when you're doing uh, green-black. No. You can maybe table like a Caskets here. What we want to do is table this territorial side cat. Like that Indeed. would be perfect. That'd be perfect. Let's do some ancient green warden shenanigans. Ooh, rabid bite. Good follow up. All right. So it, it looks is. like green is fairly open here. Sound good. I mean, we've got uh, the first and second best green commons, so I feel pretty good about it. And you know, since we've kind of gotten this pick short up, Arjuna, I would love to know: Do you have like a favorite magic memory that kind of sticks with you? 
like a like a story or maybe like traveling to a magic fest or a grand prix as we boomers used to call them hmm well i have gone to one of those i went to um i guess they were called what mythic what, what were they calling them like mythic hangouts or something but anyway i went to the one in portland i, mean, I don't know they, they change the names like every other year now <laughs> exactly. I, I can't i can't I went sort the, it out i went to the last magic epic hangout in portland and uh, it was a really good time so yeah that was was fantastic here so i I see you highlighted a tangled florahedron. I think that's a fine pick. Although I don't know, what are you thinking about that Gnarled colony? Because that that card seems like a pretty solid follow-up. Are you are you high on the florahedron? I'm. I like a florahedron. I highlighted it, but now I'm also thinking about the second bubble snare. Oh, I missed the bubble snare. Yeah, that's. Uh, to be honest, that's probably the pick. I think so too. It, we just yeah. in, in decks like green and blue. Cards like Rabbit Bite and Bubble Snare are just so important. I, I can't see not taking as many as I possibly can. Yeah, Bubble Snare is great because it's good at one and good at four. So it's kind of, you know, exactly what you want. And uh, that Tazim Royal Mage is pretty sick too. Yeah, I'm one of the best blue commons. Uh, it's the, what's the, is Archivist? Is that, was that the original? Was that the original card it was called? Like returning an instant sorcery or, uh, uh, I know, is you it? You I'm not well versed in the history on that one. <laughs> You, I, I, you know what I did come up with the other day? What? All right, hear me out. You can what? draw, you can infinitely draw cards for the small cost of 10 mana in this format. Can I, by, can I predict what um, you're going to say? Can I, can I just take a yes. guess? Is, yeah. it, is it perhaps a Tazim Royal Mage and a two costing instant card that we already have in our deck, like uh, Into the Royal? Well, indeed. So you, you cast your, your Tazim Royal Mage, you Into the Royal it back into your hand, you draw a card. Right, and then you Tazim Royal Mage, draw it again. Um, let's see, in this pick, this is a tough one, actually. Yeah, Between there, the there's Arbor two cards in the Riptide. Um, yeah. They're both really good. I, I, I would lean towards Riptides, to be honest, um, just because we don't, we're not looking super threat dense at the moment, which I think is what the Arbor Mage really wants. I, I so would that's, agree with that's you. A close, that's a close pick, for sure, a close pick. The fact that we kind of turned the corner on kicker spells in the deck in this last pack gives me yeah. more cause to want to take the Riptide. One thing you yeah. did mention as well with your two-card combo with Into the Royal and Tazim Royal Mage, you have an infinite chump blocker too. That's true. That's true. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. Go go try this at home. I don't. <laughs> but if, pick if you seven have pack all the mana, nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, pick, pick seven pack two. We oh, take a Cunning Geyser yeah. Mage. Yeah, a nice little mana war. It's it's much more palatable when you get a vine gecko going with it. But so now we have an interesting choice. Are we in for the sentinel or another geyser mage? Because I can see uh, arguments for both. I'm a hundred percent in for sent for sentinel. I yeah, love sentinel. Sentinel looks good. It's a you said um, again with threat density like this. This really kind of shores up that little spot mm -hmm. in our deck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. It would be nice to get another vine gecko, just to kind of keep the cost down on that, but. I agree. Good card. You know, if I can put on my best impression of Aerosmith there. Dream on! Dream on! I would love a second Vine Gecko if given a chance, but we shall see. Uh, here from pick nine and beyond, it's kind of a uh, time I like to call it garbage time. But we, we are, yes, we, we did table a, a Cascades here. Fits on the curve. And this card is not horrible. I mean, if you scry two with it, I'm pretty happy with it. Like, I think it's okay. Yeah. It's base. It's a card I would be happy to play if we need it and happy to cut if we don't. Agree. 
Agree. It is definitely a, a tier below card. Wow, Ooh. we wield Nolid Colony? Nolid, dude. That <laughs> oh. is that is badass, man. I'm stoked. That's totally far out, man. I, I just had to jump on the on the California acting <laughs> throughout there. Totally gnarly, dude. You sound just like Crush from uh, the Finding franchise. Hey, have you seen the the new Bill and Ted film yet? Face the music. I have not actually. It's quite good. When did that we, come out? Uh, about a month ago. It's a lot of fun. It's about what you'd expect out of a a franchise that's trying to like reboot itself. So it's not like the right. best, but it's good enough to keep me occupied and give me some giggles along the way. Man, this is probably the worst pack three pick one I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this is my life. Like I, I, we're drafting disciplined and we're do, we're on the right lanes. We're doing everything. We don't open anything. We're just hoping to get past things. Pick ones after pack one. I never see anything good, but we'll take the seafloor soccer. We, I could see us maybe taking the Tajuru blight blade. Blight blade. Was, it's it's possible. It's I, you know, I'm probably thing. lower on that card than a lot of people, but um, hmm. you know, whichever one sounds good. We'll take we'll take the stalker. It's nice. Oh, sad. Oh my god, dude. We are just getting we're getting boned. And there's also this um, Amarius call that we can't take. <laughs> yep. Yep. That Feels bad. Real yeah, field field research looks like a good pickup here. It's it it's not a great pickup for your second pick out of pack three, but no, so it's isn't. gonna be it's gonna be what we're gonna take because we, we, we do want I think some some card drawing here and it's a nice little, little card piece. Good. You know what we haven't seen is a roost of Drakes. That would really tie the room together. It it would, and I appreciate the big Lebowski reference. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. The Vastwood Surge here, yeah, pretty good pickup. It's gonna ramp us into casting more of our kicker spells and stuff, has kicker itself. I'm definitely down with that card. Hey, and it helps us go wide because and which is something we're not doing, but hey, it, it helps us go wide. You know? <laughs> Should we want you know, I'd really love to pick up another Riptide here, actually. Uh, maybe not a Riptide, but can I interest you in a second Sentinel? Yeah, second Sentinel's gas. I'm down. Yeah, it's either that or a, a squid, but our, our two drop slot's already nicely filled in, and we're probably going to cut some of it anyway, so I'd rather just take a Sentinel and be okay. No MDFCs in this deck. There's no double face cards. No. What a shame. Good point. Yeah, good point. What a shame. Well, uh... wow, man. Pack three has been not very kind to us, I have to say. It really hasn't. <laughs> we at least have the pieces. We have two bubble snares. I, I mean, I know I'm throwing out the uh, Monty Python. Always look on the bright side of life, but uh, <laughs> we'll take a second anti-cognition and actively not play it. And also whiff on our next pick oh too. Oh my gosh, brutal, brutal dude. This He's... is so funny. White is so open this pack, <laughs> but it was like not open in pack two at all. So that's the way draft goes sometimes. It really does. I'm gonna take the speed, the swarm. Maybe there's a universe where we can play it. Splash I don't think... it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, I just, I don't like splashing at all in this format. Like, yeah. pretty much whatsoever. I'd rather yeah, say two colors. Maybe. Every time I've tried to, even like with the best green base splashing decks that I've tried to put here, it just doesn't feel as good as what other decks are doing. And isn't, man, isn't that but... weird? Because there's so many DFCs, it feels like it should be easier to do that. But I've been with you. Like, I just have not had success splashing. Um, Think we might play that Marasa brute? Yeah, we will. And we saw a second Emeria captain. Yeah. Uh, come around. <laughs> this is this is really rough. 
but there's um, a possibility we, that maybe we're supposed to be white, but I don't know. I, here's the thing. We didn't see any good reason to be white in pack one other than the captain and pack two certainly didn't like blow the blow the doors off either. So someone's yeah, getting I, hooked up with a cool white deck and it's not us. That's that's very true. I, I think we read our signals right. I don't think anything catastrophic went wrong in like our choices that we made. I think just potentially, you know, the people to our right didn't quite feed us the way that we wanted to be fed. The swarm was not satiated in this draft, as one might say. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, to be honest, as much as I love him, I'm not seeing many reasons to run our Green Warden here, so I yeah, don't know I if we I don't know if we do or we don't, but I wouldn't be sorry to see him go. Well, you know, we'll take a second to look this over. Uh, make some choices, bring it down to an actual just 23 because we have no MDFCs in this deck for some odd reason. Uh, but after we do a little talking, after my unlucky lounge rats get their own refills, we back with this deck, playing it out, seeing how it rolls in just a second. Stick around, everybody. No, Borok, I'm fine. I know I look a little tired, bags under my eyes, some wrinkles, but that's just 2020 for you, along with a lot of late night 3 a.m. drafting. I mean, what can you say? I'm just not as young as I used to be. You're right, Borok. I do love taking care of myself, and just because we're socially distancing or isolating, that doesn't mean we can't take 10 minutes to make ourselves feel 10 years younger with what? That's Plexiderm. We're talking a serum that reduces wrinkles, fine lines, and under eye bags that you know you get when you wake up at 6 a.m. because you can't wait a second longer. You have to play that 40-card deck you just put together. That's right, Borok. This is a call to action to all of my unlucky lounge rats to go now to triplexiderm.com. Use the code BLEAV at checkout to get a six application trial pack for $14.95 with free shipping with what? Plexiderm. Make those wrinkles, lines, and under eye bags disappear. And welcome back, all of my unlucky lounge rats, as. Uh, myself and Arjuna were digging into a Zendikar Rising draft that, quite frankly, went kind of horribly wrong for no particular reason. Uh, but Arjuna and I kind of brought it down to a 23, and Arjuna, you made a really good point about this deck, how it's not like we did something wrong, but maybe it's just like missing a thing or two. Yeah, you know, I think maybe some... Okay, so here's the problem with, with these... Um some of these blue kicker decks is that your best card in the form of Roost of Drakes, everyone wants that card, right? So like, you're probably not gonna get past it unless you're really, really lucky. Um, so that's the kind of card, like one of those and maybe like another Gecko or something like that would have really tied the room together with this deck. And we just didn't, we, we just didn't get past those cards, which is unfortunate. But I do think that we read the signals pretty well in packs one and two. And it's just unfortunate that we didn't really get hooked up in pack three. The Roost of Drakes is not the issue here, dude. I'm oh, sorry, I, just had, I, I had to give you a little <laughs> something back for the uh, Big Lebowski. I'm, it's one of my top three films of all time. Not close. I love the Big Lebowski. There's a beverage here, dude. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, I'm blanking right now on another reference. Uh, 
try, I'm trying to go to like the Big Lebowski and coming up with something, but literally I'm just looking at this deck and just like in awe of how mediocre it is. And my my reference making skills are, are pretty short. Uh, we, we ended up making. Just, uh, would, would you would you say this deck is out of its element? It is definitely out of its element. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, but you know what? At, in the end, we can unit. We can just like go to you know, uh, go to In and Out Burger, drown our sorrows in there. I heard those are some good burgers. I mean, let's not throw in the towel just yet. We've got we've got an into the royal, you know. We we do <laughs> we do have an into the royal, but you know what? When you draw to your your one common bounce spell as as respite, something's gonna happen. But you know what? We got a seventeen land twenty three. We're not gonna do anything all out of there super impressive but we're gonna play a bunch of creatures we're gonna be fine it's we're gonna make this happen right yeah so opening hands looking pretty decent yeah so we're jumping right into lands uh a bunch of two drops we do have a vine gecko which is nice to potentially get out this gnarly colony kicked a little bit earlier uh we do unfortunately have a lot of cards and not a lot of lands but we have plenty of time to draw a land or two well maybe a little less time now with this cog and intimidator that just hit the battlefield <laughs> It's fine. We just oh, we just drew a bubble God. snare. We'll we'll make it work. We'll, we can we can lock it down. It can be super. Yeah, simple. we we have a rabid bite or a bubble slash. So no, we'll, we should be able to get something done here. We, we got some interaction. Oh, they're about to double spell with Arden Electomancer. How nice of for them. Or they're just gonna wow. activate Cargan Intimidator, which would also be fair. No, so if we actually draw a land, we can interact with both of their creatures. That's and, true. Yeah, and that'd actually be, pretty be good. okay. And all right, there well, we go. We, we did it exactly that. Mm-hmm. We so, sometimes, you know, you eat the bar, and sometimes right. the bar eats you. This now his. Let's see. One of the only unfortunate things, if we let the intimidator live, we have the potential that it can still be activated down the road. So that's just eh, something to consider. Yeah, and I'm actually really on board with that logic there, considering that we also have the rabbit bite. There's no reason to not just get off the board. But I think I want to develop my board first. I'm almost thinking about just putting yeah. the Marasa brute down it's and. Marasa Brute's totally fine here. You know, yeah. we'll take a little more damage, but I think it'll be all right. And we do have a Chilling Trap to kind of neutralize things out. Uh, Arjuna, I, I, I am curious about you as a limited player, though. What do you typically like to build in your draft or seal deck? Are you more an aggressive player? Are you more of an uncommon build-around kind of person? Or are you just a big value pile like me? You know, I to be honest, this is kind of a generic answer, but... I like just drafting what's good and what I've got. Like, I'll play aggro, I'll play control. Um, I, I don't know if there's a particular archetype I tend to be better at. I don't think I'm one of these people who can like squeeze every last drop of value out of their blue-green deck. So maybe that's not me. Um, in this format, I would say that my favorite decks have probably been the Ozov decks. So just that that kind of like aristocraty um, value through creature death and recursion, that kind of a thing. Tend to enjoy that in draft. It's pretty hard to interact with in draft. So yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that take. It's it's a good deck to typically play and it is particularly, I think, strong in this format. I mean, I think the cleric build in Zendikar Rising is just very good. Mm -hmm. We'll take this three damage here. I'd be here. inclined to no blocks, yep. Yeah. We're in a good position here. Pretty happy if we untap, uh, we have Chilling Trap rabbit bite we can probably trick out anything they're gonna do yeah so are you, I, gonna kill, I, are you gonna kill the cat here or, or the intimidator what are you thinking i'm thinking i'm thinking the intimidator the cat is like good but I'd, i don't know what what do you think arjuna 
<clears throat> the problem with the cat is that it invalidates the rest of our removal for the rest of the game if it sticks around. So I'd actually be inclined to kill a cat here. All right, I'm down. I am down. Plus, if they do I've... decide to attack, we can bubble snare. Or sorry, chilling trap on their well, attacks. That's actually a good point. We could also just bubble snare the Electromancer, but yeah, I think that the trap's fine. Yeah, I mean, we could certainly bubble snare, but they're going to keep tapping sideways, and this feels like a good time to, to block and chilling trap. I don't know. Yeah, it keeps us efficient with our me. mana, and I'd rather use that bubble mm -hmm. snare for something else that's a little bit juicy, if I may use the term juicy. I didn't like saying it, that. Never mind. What, one, one nice thing to holding on to it here is that we can get a counter on our Vine Gecko later, so it's an option we have. With drawing a, a land, uh, any land, we can do it by kicking the Gnarled Colony. Let's see what they are gonna do here. They've got the Cargan Intimidator, our Electromancer. Our board's fine. Like, I think this game's pretty much at parity. I feel pretty happy about it. Um, oh, you know, I forgot all this time. Since you're a guest here on the show, I've been meaning to translate more thoroughly uh, to the language that you were that your uh, you and your co-host were speaking on your podcast this week. So Omnath, 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 Omnath. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Omnath, I, Omnath. I, yeah, I had, a, I had a good chuckle yeah. listening to your podcast, uh, hearing that. I'm like, yeah, well, there we go. <laughs> Tis the way. Tis the way. Tis the way. So they're, they're talking um, with both. I'm going to block with the Brute here, and then if they I'm want down. to trade or use a trick, I'd rather keep the Vine Gecko. I think that card's actually going to do us something good in the long term. I'm with you. And we're going to try and Chilling Trap uh, to get a, a straight-up Chilling Trap for Karkin Intimidator interaction. We shall see. I do not know. Uh, so you said that you like the, the Cleric's build as one of the better decks in the format. Where else are you uh, with top limited decks in Zendikar Rising? Are you thinking like the green-blue kicker deck is up there as well? Are you into Wizards? Have you tried this blue-green Wizards deck that LSV and others have been kind of talking about frequently? I have tried blue-green Wizards. Um, I think it's fine. I, you know... Not to toot my own horn or anything, but I, I did get a trophy with the Blue Green Wizards very recently. Um, yeah. I th <laughs> well, if I, I may, toot toot. Here. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> get a, a, a nice cheap kick with the Gnarled Colony. We got three creatures. They they played a Black Bloom Rogue and a Coom Hellhound, which is not a card I've been yeah. particularly well, excited we're, about. We're looking great here. We're looking very uh, good. Agree. Um, and, uh, uh, I'm especially not afraid of a Coom Hellhound on turn four. Nope. To be honest, I'm seldom afraid of an Akum Hellhound on turn one, so I, I'm, I think that card's pretty awful. The, the blue-green kicker deck just keeps going up in my estimation. I initially thought it was pretty good, and now I just think it's one of the strongest decks in the format. Um, it's the deck that I've just had the most consistent trouble with. I mean, like the combination of like getting stuff back from the graveyard, um, bouncing your stuff, making your three mana play into a five five like that stuff is all really hard it's got everything like it's got beaters it's got value it's got interaction um i just think it's a really really strong deck and it's really well supported by the commons and the uncommons in the set as well and those do tend to be the best of decks the ones that you can just build not based off of any rares the ones that you can just make archetypes out of commons and truthfully that's kind of what our deck is like hold a vine gecko or two we have all the yep. good commons. We just don't have any of the uncommon payoffs. Nope, we don't. However, I think we have a pretty good field research here. 
Yeah, pretty happy to kick this field research on turn five, put a counter on the Vine Gecko, and start to draw into our hand of Ancient Green Warden, Bubble Snare, draw three more cards. Yeah. yeah we're gonna, this... if, if things keep going the way they've been going, we're just going to completely bury our opponent here. I do love burying our opponent in card advantage. Draw Forest Forest, Cunning Geyser Mage. Cunning Geyser Mage, one of the, sadly, one of the, the weaker Mana Wars, but still a nice curve filler for like wizards decks and off like tribe party components. I, I've been impressed and also not impressed with this card. I've never been more <laughs> yeah, more bittersweet on a card like Cunning Geyser Mage in quite some time. Yeah, I agree. You know, it has some uses. Like for example, if your opponent, um, you know, bubble snares your creature, you can Geyser Mage it back to your hand. So being able to return your own stuff is pretty good. That is spicy. You know, it's also spicy, this attack that wow. they're sending at us. Yeah, they're... yeah, they're, they're coming in. So let's see, in black, red, I don't. they don't have any mass pump spells. What could they, they could have Cyndaclasm. They could, they have... could have Undying Rage. I... Yeah, not... I, I think we just make, we make the obvious blocks here and, and just see what they do. I, I think you're right. The question is though, like if we block with the, the block the Shadow Cat, they can just sack, sack, and put a bunch of counters on it. So the question is, do we throw something under the bus like maybe this gnarly yeah. colony and then make them double That's... sack and then we can bounce it with the geyser mage yeah no you know what i think i agree with you let's not block the cat i don't think we need to um to it's be a little honest dangerous here, on the damage but yeah let's you know see. i'm gonna make the i'm gonna make the block we're, okay. we're gonna win the card advantage in the in the end and if their game plan is to yeah. crack in with attacks. Like, mean, this feels like they have a trick kind of attack to get yeah. some value. I'd rather get that out of the way if, now. If they sack two things to win combat, that's not terrible for us. Yeah, especially because we can just geyser mage it, and I think that's what they're doing right now. Yeah, yeah sweet. That, so that turned out totally fine for us. Yeah, I'm I'm quite happy yeah. with that interaction. I like, I, I like your I like your sequence here. Uh, oh, that, that's you, not what I'm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we, other one. <laughs> yeah, so 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 pro tip all my listeners, cunning geyser mage and Tazim Royal Mage or guys they they, they sound they similar, very, they look similar. similar. They're not they're not the same card though. Just as a PSA to everyone, don't play one card when you're supposed to play the other. Yep. Uh, and uh, now I like now I like cracking for eight here. Little do you think maybe just leave one uh, back for double blocks? Uh no. Or just really that, get there. That, they're on the defense now. They can only attack for two this next turn. That's really not going to be good for them. Okay, true. All right, let's get him for eight. That's that's one of the things in my game plan I can shore up is finding that exact time to pivot from when you're on the defense to the offense, yeah. especially when you're at a low life total. That's really those moments that I think become those level up moments for you as a limited player, when you can realize you can take that little pivot and move from being defensive to offensive. So here's the thing is we're at eight, right? And our opponent has a two powered menace creature, but that's the only creature they have. And we have three creatures on the board. So for them to attack here would be almost suicidal. Um, they would have to have a really, really strong follow-up to feel confident. See, like, I I think that that was a very irresponsible attack that they just made. Um, I think they're unlikely to be able to attack us for the rest of the game. And I just like, like if we swing all here, what are they gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, so 
Okay. Well, if we if we kick <clears throat> we, the bubble snare, this is potentially that's it. like if we kick bubble snare and crack in, like like what are they gonna do? They they would have to like double combat trick to kill us here. So well, even I think that, this is they, pretty. Yeah, pretty there's safe. not a lot of instant speed removal in this format either. Yeah. So especially in black red, there isn't. So let's see if this kick bubble snare gets it for us, and we can walk away with a W. We're at six, they're at 12, we're putting 12 points of damage on it. I mean, the deck, while unenthusiastic, kind of curved out well here and gave us kinda, a, a decent game. did its thing. So one of the things that we could do here is if we crack for nine, put our opponent to three, leave back a blocker, that plays around a hasty attacker. It also plays around our opponent doing a, a act of treachery on us. So that's something that I might consider here. Yeah, I'm almost inclined to agree and i would almost just say attack with six six because next turn well i mean no i think we should it, it would be attack i would i would send for nine because that way we have three lethal threats the following turn true so yeah i i would i would crack for nine that would be my that'd be my although if they do here. if they have a royal eruption we're dead either way because they can just attack and get us for five i mean yeah that's true but I, I I don't think that's you know what, I'm just, playing around. I think, I, or they have a subtle strike. They could try to subtle strike us, and that would give a minus one. Maybe that's what they were trying to count on. Yeah. All right. Well, let's we'll crack we'll crack I, for nine. I, I think I think crack for nine gives us the highest likelihood to win the game, um, and it's it doesn't play around all possible scenarios, but I think it's a good mix of you know putting our opponent under threat and hedging it if something goes wrong. So, you know, our yeah, opponent and... would basically need, our opponent needs two things to win here, right? They need, they need a pump spell and something else, or they need like a haste creature and a removal. So, and they have three cards in hand. So it's highly unlikely that they have that. If they play two, you know, they get us, but I still think we have the confidence of saying we've made a, a very good choice to try and get the game. So they play a Hellion, put us at two. Put us at two, and? Question mark, question mark, and? question mark. I would love to see this Nico Bolas icon explode right now. Oh, think, I think we think got we it here. It. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, they, just they, bubble snare, send for the win. It, it's, it's a bit of a flex of a bubble snare. We really don't need to, but we're going to do it anyway. And I think we get the win here. And I, I, I like actually both of our takes. I think both of our takes are pretty reasonable with that attack step. And those moments where you have a make or break scenario where you're trying to figure out what's in their hand, that to me is the real magic of Limited. It's interactive magic, it's battlefield magic, it's considering a small card pool to make choices. I love that. And I love that you had a chance to join me and I had a chance to share that moment with someone live. Right on, man. Hey, you know what? Our deck has a 100% win, win rating so far, so I'm down with that. You know what? We can click resign, and I would end up a happy person, but my gem <laughs> count would not be very happy. <laughs> well, Arjuna, that was an amazing game. Uh, can you do me a favor and remind uh, all of our listeners where they can find your podcast and your great content out there? Thank you. Yep. So if you go to arenacraftpodcast.com, you can find all of our episodes. We're in basically every, you know, every podcast platform you can imagine. We're on iTunes. We're also on YouTube. So you can go, if you like taking in audio content on YouTube, you can follow us there. 
We also have a lot of comments in the videos, so if you want to interact a little bit more, that's a good way to do so. Um, of course, we're on social media, Arena Craft Podcast, and I do stream occasionally, uh, less so recently, just because I've been very busy in my personal life, and also because, frankly, I haven't been super excited to play constructed <laughs> formats, which is what I usually do when I stream. But, um, you know, I, I do stream there as well, twitch.tv forward slash arenacraft podcast. Also, just want to plug Covert Go Blue because he's the podcast co-host. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you listening to this already know him. He's one of the better known YouTube magic personalities. But, uh, you know, go check his stuff out as well. Look, look up their stuff, watch their, uh, listen to their podcast. If, you, if they're streaming, go enjoy their content, my unlucky lounge rats. Seriously, you may not be excited by standard, but I am so excited to have had you join me here for some fun times and some sweet drafts. Arjuna, thank you so much. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Well, I see your drink is empty there. Uh, you know what? I think Borak might be able to queue up a, another drink for you. Do you want to uh, chill out for one more here? Sounds gas. Well, there, my unlucky lounge rats, is the conclusion of our Friday night podcast with the amazing Arjuna from Arena Craft Podcast. You heard their socials, find them, enjoy the podcast, enjoy their streams, and a big shout out once more to Arjuna for joining us on this episode. I had a ton of fun, and I hope all of you out there had that great amount of fun as well. But what happened with this deck? Did we make a mountain out of the molehill that was this 40-card stack? Well, the only way to find out is to find us on our socials. That's on Twitter, Draft and Draft Corey. On Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. Or if you want to help us out, make this community thrive and grow, then find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash draft and draft. Type that directly into the URL and you will help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. And a big shout out to our patron of the week, Ian Gustafson. Thank you, thank you so much. And I know that Borok thanks you as well. Well, it looks like I've found the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of the episode. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok, and this has been Draft and Draft Friday Night Podcast. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.